you want a demonstration of a corrupted system of government and checks and balances in Victoria, he is simply another, another example. example. Yes. Not above the law. If you haven't seen this ad, where have you been? This is a campaign made by these fine gentlemen. No excuses. This is WorkSafe's own TV commercial. If you don't take care of them at work and make sure they can return home safe, we'll make sure you face the consequences. Hotel quarantine killed 801 people. One man says the buck stops with him. Ultimately, I'm accountable. I, I, am, I am accountable for the decisions that are made. 801 dead, 111 days in lockdown, all from hotel quarantine. WorkSafe must prosecute. It's time to act, because no one is above the law. See all 142 charges at notabovethelaw.com.au. It's been a well over a two-year journey that still hasn't finished. There's tailing going on. And uh, the first thing I want to say is that uh, th right thank you very much for giving us exposure oh, in the past. Of course. And thank you very much to all of the discernible audience who were very interested in what we're doing. A uh, considerable number of you were contributors to the campaign that enabled it to go ahead. Uh, that's very much appreciated. And, and one of the things that we wanted to do today was bring you up to speed on what actually happened so that we can give you a conclusion about where, where it all finished. So the Not Above the Law campaign was very straightforward. The evidence from the coat inquiry into the hotel quarantine disaster in 2020, which led to 800 and uh, something deaths, was a direct consequence of the incompetence and the failed governance and decision-making of the government. And the Coat Inquiry investigated that and forensically laid out everything that occurred. Now, the Coat Inquiry didn't lead to any prosecutions because that wasn't the brief. And then we had, of course, all of the people involved from the Premier across saying, can't remember what happened. However, when you read the Coat Inquiry, and I was probably one of the few people who read the, I think, the 500 and something pages of the full inquiry report, that report forensically laid out precisely what happened. When you married that up with the obligations that parties had under the Occupation Health and Safety Act, it was quite clear that the evidence was sitting there that required the Work Cover Authority to investigate with a view to prosecuting a whole string of people from the Premier down. So the Work Cover Authority did not undertake those investigations with a view to prosecutions. The law enabled us to force or require WorkSafe to do that, and they still did not and they consistently broke the law in terms of what they were required under the, under the Act to undertake investigations because of the actions that we took that enabled the pushing and the requirement of that to occur. So when the Work Cover Authority didn't do that, we went to the Supreme Court in Victoria and we asked the Supreme Court of Victoria 
to, under what is called a writ of mandamus application, to require WorkSafe to do its job. So that was what we were doing. And it required a massive amount of money in the many hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that. And we made an appeal to yourselves and a huge number of uh, yourselves put money into that campaign. And we wound up with a decision from the court at the end of just before Christmas uh, 2022 that knocked us out on a technicality saying that we didn't put in our application for this writ of mandamus in time. And the question of in time related to the fact of that you are required to make an application within 60 days. And the question on that was 60 days of when? And so there was a whole s string of uh, discussions around that and they knocked us out. Now in terms of being knocking us out, it meant that the court didn't have to address the primary issue as to whether or not WorkSafe had done their job as required by law. Uh, so that was the that was the outcome at this stage. But hang on, before you move, we need to be clear. You were not because people might think you've gone lazy and you forgot to lodge. That's not the case. You were not able to lodge. Correct. So this is, this is a catch twenty two. So what what was going on the gameplay? that WorkCover were, were conducting is that we kept saying to them, and we had to keep asking a question, have you undertaken the investigations that you're required to do? They never replied to that. And to this day have not replied to that. And so uh, what was occurring, we were continually corresponding over about a nine month period to the WorkCover authority saying, Tell us if you have, have undertaken the investigations. They would not reply. And uh, what occurred was that they announced a prosecution into the Department of Health. And we kept saying, have you investigated all of the other people? So there, there was quite a crowd of, of, of individuals and organisations. So they, they, it was quite clear they had investigated health mm. because they were prosecuting health. Mm. But all of the others, no answer. So we kept asking the question. And we got to a stage where um, late in 2021, thank you, uh, the work cover authority said to us, if you're worried about this, go and talk to your lawyers. And we said, ah, now we need to go and seek the mandamus application because they've told us to bugger off, mm. right? What happened was the judge, and Dick will talk about this, raised the issue of time. And we said, well, look, it was when they told us to bugger off that we made a decision that we needed to make the application. The judge ruled that when the prosecution of health occurred, we should have known or we should have inferred that the other investigations had not occurred. So what the judge ruled is that he was able to effectively read the mind of Ken Phillips and determine what I knew or should have known. And that's where he ruled that when the prosecution of health occurred, that we should have made our application within 60 days of that. So if I grossly simplify for the people like me watching, 
A go slow in WorkSafe pushed you beyond the legal limit and conveniently you were too late, but they pushed you. That's over. how the court has ruled. I don't know if, it, if that's the right uh, um, summary. However, well, let's, a, let's go step give back. Give me a better one. Let's go step back. The function of the Victorian Work Cover Authority is to protect us. Lol. Right? That's their job. They're, they were set up to protect workers. So that if your boss does something that's dangerous, you get in trouble. Now, your boss includes the government. In this instance, they did something that was extremely dangerous and, in fact, based on the code inquiry, resulted in 800 deaths. This is not even up for discussion. This is established facts, not arguable. In fact, if we went to court and I served a notice to admit, which I'm entitled to do in a, in a litigation action, say, do you admit that these circumstances cause these 800 deaths, they'd have to say yes. Otherwise, when we go to court to argue about this, they'd pay my costs. Mm. The judge would say, well, hang on. Code inquiry already established this. Mm. So why are you arguing with them? Mm. Okay. Mm. So given that the VWA is there to protect us, why should self-employed Australia be charged with res the responsibility of saying to them, do your job? That's what happened. Self-employed Australia said, these guys are not protecting us. They're not doing their job. So a private organisation has the responsibility. How perverse is this? Mm. This is perverse in itself. The fact that asleep at the wheel, government chooses not to, not to prosecute. So what did Ken Phillips ask? What did self-employed Australia... This is before my time. I wasn't in the organisation at this stage. Ken Phillips says... I would like you to investigate these people. Because remember, what happens is the accountability of your boss extends to jail time. And there's been many people who've gone to jail for being negligent. Many people have gone to jail for causing the death of a worker, right? And now we're talking about 800 deaths. Hang on, let's get a grip here. So somebody should go to jail. Is that correct? 800 deaths, should go to jail 800 times, I think. So here we are in a situation where the government turns around and prosecutes the health department. Hang on. So if I have a car crash, you're gonna prosecute my vehicle, mm. not me. Mm -hmm. Is that right? So mm. my vehicle goes to jail. Mm. Well, is the health department gonna to go to jail? Are they gonna collect the health department, put them in jail. No wonder so you're a lawyer. This how perverse, good story. how perverse is this? This is perverse, right? What's more perverse? Well, I don't think I can get more perverse. That's about as perverse as you can be because that pretty much undoes the separation of powers. The whole thing is, mm. is just terrible because nobody's doing their job. Not only that, they're, they're hiding behind this smokescreen. Mm. The beautiful thing is, even though they commissioned this code inquiry up clearly as a whitewash to, to make sure that the people thought Everything was being taken care of. You're not casting his dispersions on, on Jennifer Coe. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just explaining the facts. I, I believe that what they did was create this, uh, okay. this body to investigate, okay. which had no power to instigate any kind of prosecutions and so forth. So in the end, what can you call it other than a whitewash? It really is. So I guess I am casting dispersions. However, moving on... Ca cast dispersions on the 
Not on Kate. Because not on she her, did, personally. She, no. she did the job she was asked to do. Asked to yes, do. Yes, correct. But the inquiry is what you're having going The inquiry. Yeah. But, but the inquiry, the way that was set up, was, was wrong. So, but the, the, be the beautiful thing about it was it did elicit evidence, which Ken has diligently gone through. It did elicit a lot of evidence. And that evidence clearly shows either failure to act or acting in the wrong way, like we, we were talking about, uh, about the, uh, the awarding of the contract mm. to a non-approved... Band. What, hang on. Uh, no one's asking questions? Well, non-approved, they get the contract. We go to court. So Ken takes on the responsibility of the government now. Now, Ken becomes VWA and says, under Section 131 of the OHNS Act, he says, I'm a private citizen, but I'm concerned that there should be some investigation here. So, as he's entitled to do by law, he writes a letter to them and says, I would like you to investigate these 22, 21 people. Crickets. Crickets. Asks again. He was very, he was very diligent in continuing to ask and ask and ask. In the end, in the end, it gets to a point where he goes to the DPP. He didn't mention anything about the DPP. Because under the Act, it says, if the VWA doesn't seem to be doing their job, you can go to the Department of Public Prosecutions and ask them mm. to do their job or to review them as to whether they're doing their job. So what happens? Two guesses. Anybody want to guess? Nothing. So the DPP declines to prosecute. The PPP, DPP says they're doing a wonderful job. VWA are doing wonderful job. Yes, okay. VWA is doing a wonderful job. Don't whinge to me. Right. Don't whinge to me. They're, they're fine. So Ken's like, what do I do? Yeah. This is not right. Who's above? Why, why are they above the law? Yeah. The law is there to protect us. Mm. So he starts talking to his lawyers at that point and says, okay, what are we going to do? So they start this mandamus. And for people, for the lay people out there who don't understand, a mandamus application is simply asking the Supreme Court, which is our, la our, our highest court of the land in Victoria, to say, as the watchdog for the government, you should help me here because the government's letting me down. So please, can you ask them to do their job? So that's what, mandamus is a Latin word for essentially that. So we go to court and say, Your Honour, please, could you get them to do their job? So the judge, the, the VWA now is spending our money to resist rather than say, because if that was happening to me and I was the VWA, I'd go, no, no, Ken, please don't do this. I'm doing my job. And this is, here's all my information about these 20 people, 21 people that we're prosecuting or that we're looking at investigating yes. or we're prosecuting. Please don't take me to court because I'm spending the public money. Yeah. I don't want to spend public money to fight you. Mm. But guess what they did? They spent public money and they used one of the most expensive law firms in the, in the country, Cause. They used your money, the public money, to stop Ken from asking them to do their job. And we're talking hundreds We're getting of, more perverse. Hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Of dollars. Yeah. We're getting more perverse, aren't we? Because here we are a government trying to block a citizen who's asking them to just do their job. We're not asking them to do anything crazy or gymnastics or anything. We're asking them to do their job. The job that's mandated on them by acts of parliament. Simple. What do they do? They fight that. Every tooth and nail, they start arguing these crazy arguments. They, they argued that this paragraph in the law used the word matter in two separate ways, in two, two dichotomies, if you like. Different explanations of that word. 
arguing for weeks on this stuff. Thousands and thousands of dollars using QC, KCs now they are, in court, spending our money on fighting us from asking them to do their job. Okay, so we keep going, and guess what? SEA is winning. We're winning. But then the judge goes, this is a bit hard for me. I don't really want to have to rule on this because I'm going to have to rule in SEA's favour. In the end, I'm going to have to go against the, the VWA because he's right. They're not doing their job. They should prosecute the individuals rather than the vehicle in the collision. Okay, so what do I do? Scratches his head and he finally comes up with this, in my view, incorrect, incorrect ruling where he says, sorry, you filed your mandamus application too late because there's a, these are urgent, usually they're urgent things that are done and the court has a restriction, time limit, 60 day restriction on from the time your cause of action arises to the time you file the application should be no more than 60 days. Now in our case, the judge, well, we've got to pick a starting point, right? So the judge picks this starting point, which in my view on appeal would be defeated unanimously. There's no doubt whatsoever. The most artificial analysis I've seen is that he picks this point, which essentially is, I've got to do some mental gymnastics to work out when I can make this so that it's too late. Whereas in reality, the, the trigger point was well within the 60 days, the real trigger point. Put that, put that aside. What's more outstanding about this, what's more egregious about this in my view, is that the judge came up with this argument, not the VWA. Now, most expensive lawyers in town, expensive barristers in town, they didn't think of this argument. I'll give you two guesses why, because the argument wasn't there. That's why they didn't raise it, because they knew we weren't late. But the judge came up with it. So hang on, who's the judge working for? Are you gonna get thrown in jail for disparaging this judge? Well, I'm not disparaging anybody. I'm saying to you that the trigger point was wrong and on appeal, we would win. The only reason we didn't go on appeal. To the High Court? No, to the full Supreme. Oh, to the full on a, on a question of law. Yeah. So the only reason we didn't go on appeal is because we knew the investment involved was, was just not worth it in the end. Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. And, we, and the people who already supported it would have to put in more money. And, what and would, in the end. What would have happened? Yeah. What would have happened? Yeah. Based on our experience to that point, yeah. more obfuscation. So let's say we did get, let's, let's play this yeah, out. Sure, sure. Let's say that we appeal against the judge's, yes. the judge's ruling yeah. and we go to the point where we, uh, and we win the appeal yes. and we go back. And then the judge does in the end, reluctantly, obviously, say, It's in time. Well, it's in time and yeah, Ken's right. I'm really upset, but he's right. I'm going to force you guys to investigate these people. Right. Then what happens? We get we're back to where we were. Yeah. No, we're back to there. So they control the investigation, don't they? Yeah, but so if they're going to obfuscate all the way, why are they going to stop obfuscating at that point? No, I understand, but that is progress. Whether it's worth it is the question. Right. So the investment in the end we saw wasn't worth it. Okay. That's, that's correct. I mean, the way you've put that is correct. Yeah. But the, the final point, which adds insult to injury in my view, in the 37-page judgment, the judge spends a lot of time saying why he wouldn't extend the time limit. Now, because 60 days is 60 days, but yeah. the judge has discretion to extend that time limit. The judge has that discretion. Mm. It's given to him under the rules. Mm. And guess what? That discretion should involve a consideration of the public interest. Yeah. What do you reckon? Is there a public interest here? 800 people die. Yeah. Is there a public interest here? VWA is supposed to be protecting us. Is there a public interest here? They're not doing their job. 
So wouldn't you, sitting as a judge of the Supreme Court, say, well, Jesus, uh, you know, on my analysis, they're late. And by the way, we're only late by two or three weeks. We're not late by two months or three months. We're only, literally only late by two or three weeks. So he says, well, should I extend the time limit? No, I'm not going to. Why am I? Why? Why, Your Honour? Seriously, this is a big case here. This is one of the most important cases in the history of Victoria because 800 people died. Oh, well, you know, I'm not going to do it because if I do, if I do, the people that are being investigated might be stressed. This is Daniel Andrews, health minister and so on. These are the people. These that are the people that are, that are being uh, asked to be investigated. Yes. Okay? So if I extend that time limit, this is hanging over their heads. Dan might get stressed. They might get stressed. I don't know people, but if you, if you don't find that outrageous, maybe your souls are dead because I, found, I find that offensive. Why did he do that if you put on an analysis? Why did he do that? Only he knows the answer to that question. Because he had to justify why he didn't use his discretion. He has to. He has to justify. So that was his justification. Yeah. He has to justify because he knows, he knows that if we did go on appeal, right, the appeal judges are going to go, well, yeah, okay, Um, your trigger point is dodgy, but I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but why why wouldn't you extend the time limit? And then he said, here's some consideration. So you could fight him on this, but again, you think it's not worth it. Well, the time limit for appeal is gone. And oh, also, yeah. also, um, we made that decision uh, straight away. I mean, as soon as we, we saw that, as soon as we heard that, um, we realised that, you know, there's, there really is no point in the end. It's too difficult, too much investment. And in the end, are we going to get any bang for our buck? The courts, which are our watchdog against malfeasance, you know, we can sit here and moan about we don't like their ruling, but the fact that they didn't actually make a ruling, they just technicality said, no, we're not even going to talk about Correct. it. That's outrageous. That's right. And the system is set up in such a way that you, you financially couldn't proceed. I mean, what's the point? What kind of a world are we living in here? I mean, this is the point of this segment. Like, people would want to know, well, what now? You know, Matt, the system is great. The system, I, you keep I, I, believe, I believe this system is the best system in the world. There's no better system. The, the system as constructed by our forefathers is great. The problem is it's not being executed the way it should be executed, right? Now, I believe in the end, because of this corruption that's endemic in our system, that's the reason. That's, it's not doing the job it should do. Otherwise, the system is good because the court watches over. And if the court was to be... Uh, doing its job correctly, the court would have said, well, you know, philosophically, legally, morally, everything. They would have said, well, yeah, geez, yeah, we want to know. We want to get to the bottom of this. These people should be prosecuted. And you know what? Investigated, sorry. They should be investigated. And if the investigation turns out that they're innocent, then they won't be prosecuted, yeah? Because it's not automatic. They've got to be investigated. If this was a private company, guys, this was a private company and they killed 800 people. Do you think the directors would be free today mm. or do you think they'd be in jail? Why don't we use the airline? If you've got nothing to hide and you've got nothing to fear, but no, it doesn't apply to them. They're correct. So here's the situation as I see it in Victoria. What we have discovered, demonstrated, we tested. Yes. Whether or not the system in Victoria had a separation of powers between the, between the courts yep 
and the, and the government and the politics of government. And I would have to say that my conclusion after this, and, and, and there are repeated examples of the Victorian Supreme Court making decisions... Am I going to be sued for contempt? Which, just the, you high know, court, <coughs> which the High Court has overturned. Repeatedly. Yes. Right? Correct. There's a pattern here, an absolute pattern of the High Court rejecting the Victorian. Supreme Court of Victoria. Yes. And we tested that system once again. And in my view, it is found to be completely wanting. The protection of the people against the oppression of the state, and the state is because the state controls the law and controls the parliament, the state is always in the position of being the greatest potential oppressor of the people. Mm. And our system recognises that yep. and says we have an independent court process which has a one of its primary jobs is to oversee that the state, the government, complies with the law. And the experience we have had in this instance on the process of a technicality has proven yet again that the Supreme Court cannot be trusted to protect the people from the potential or actual oppression of the state. Now, when the state, when the Victorian Work Cover Authority refuses to apply the law and investigate the people who should be investigated for the largest single occurrence of deaths in the history that's ever occurred in Victoria yep. and refuses to do that, you have to say the there broken. is evidence of a corrupted system. Yes. Now, who in the system is corrupt? Yep. You can't tell. Now, I'll tell but you The this. incentives are there for them to be corrupt. The circumstances there have are, been created. Are, though, and if you want a demonstration of a corrupted system of government and checks and balances in Victoria, here is simply another, another example. example. Yes.